welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. It's me, Jacko. I'm joined this week by Tim Tate, Josh Wills and PJ. There's no Ash Platt this week. He is under the thumb as it's his wife's birthday. Um, we've got interviews with Helen Dobson from the Warrington Wolves FC and Rob, who is chairman, fixture secretary and registration secretary of the Cheshire League. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. Welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast, it's Jacko. We're going to start off this week with a bit of chat about Rylands and Town, as per usual. Um, been a tricky start for Rylands. They've only had one point so far out of the first three games. Last week they got a one-all draw at way to Nantwich. Did anyone see Cal Dolan's goal? Brilliant goal it was. Yeah, superb goal. So if you haven't seen it, he takes the ball from about the halfway line. Jinx inside and curls it on the goalkeeper. You probably won't see a better goal at any level of football, really. It was a superb strike. Yeah, Hibbo said it's a goal of the season contender already. It was, it was, but yeah, the the curl on it, oh, it was just, it was just a great goal. It was. I mean, I haven't seen much of Ryan's this year, but if they get goals like that every week, they'll have a, a decent chance. Um, now, Ash has been to watch them more than we have. So Ash's report was that they've they played three games um, and they've dominated all three. Um, I'm a bit sceptical with that, to be honest, because um, how, how you lose 3-0 and dominate a game, I'm not sure. But then again, Hibbo did say the same thing on the warm-up yesterday. So I'm not sure whether you know whether they are actually dominating games and just not taking the chances. Um, it was Yeah, it was 2-2. It, it was um, you said it was 1-all. Oh, 2-2, yeah, because Cage um, scored, didn't he? Yes, yes, they did. And also, as well, Hibbo was saying that... Um, Nantwich also went down to 10 men, I think, within the last 10 minutes, and uh, Ryland's hit the crossbar. So, yeah, Nantwich, Nantwich are a well-established club at this level, so it's it's probably a good result. Um, what you'll find in the next few weeks is Town have played a lot of similar teams to Ryland's, so it'll be a good indication of where Ryland's actually are, because um, obviously if, if when Town play the same teams, you might find that they get similar results. Um, so... I'll talk about Ryland's on Saturday. They went to play Ashton. Um, Ashton have, have won 3-1. Andrew Scars, we got the goal for Ryland's. Um, Ashton have actually got quite a lot of ex-town players there this season. Um, ben Huff, James Bailey and Matty Regan. Matty Regan was a mainstay in the team last year uh, for town. Um, I think town were quite disappointed to see him leave, if I'm honest. Um, so, it, it was... It's a, it's a bit of a disappointing start for Ryland's one point out of, out of the first three. I wouldn't get too worried if I was Ryland's until you, once you get into about 10 games. That's If you're still struggling after 10 games, then you'll think you're going to be in for a long season. Well, Hibbo was was saying that, you know, um, they're still without quite a lot of the, the regular first-team players. Um, so, 
he said it'll be it'll be good obviously when they get them all back and then they've got a full squad to pick from. But I mean for me, I think I think maybe they've I don't know whether they've they've kind of put too much pressure on themselves too early because let's not forget they've come up to a new division and and it is tough at, at any level to to to, to, to compete. Well they've they've signed a lot of a lot of players as well, haven't they? Um players who are, who are well established, but maybe not have played this level before. Yeah. So a lot of the lads who who stayed for Ireland haven't played at this level, but a lot of lads have, have dropped down and it sometimes takes a bit of time to, to get used to playing this level. It's not as bad as people think. Um, so you think you're going to drop down and find it quite straightforward. It's actually a tougher league than you think. And um, also with so many new signings, it's time for the team to gel as well. Exactly, exactly. It is, it is interesting to see. And like I said, I won't be panicking if I was Ryans until you played 10 games. I think once you've played 10 games, if you're still down there, then you can start to think this is going to be a long season. It's, it's a long, it's a long campaign this year. It's 46 games, so it's going to be an awful long, long time. Um, moving on to the, what they've got this week, they play Bamba Bridge at home on Tuesday night. Bamba Bridge just missed out on the playoffs last season. Um, they haven't had a good start to the season this year, though. They've um, played, played three, drawn two, lost one. Um, so. It'd be interesting to see how right, that'd be a good test for Rivals, another team that haven't won yet. Um, yeah. And if, if they lose on Tuesday night, they, they then travel to Belper on Saturday. Um, there were no pushovers because Town played Belper on Saturday and got a draw, um, which was Belper's first point of the season. Interesting. So, so but Bamba Bridge, like you said, they just missed out on the playoffs last season. Um, have they. Obviously, a tough start to the season for them when they finished quite high up last last season. So, have they lost quite a few players that you know of, or, or, or they had some tricky games? No. So last year they had quite a big budget. I think this year they've right. trimmed it back a little bit. Um, they, they've they've they they seem to be. If Preston do well, they don't. The fans don't come down. Um, but if if Preston have a bad start to the season, they get a lot more people turning up. I don't know whether that's just part of life. So Preston not, North End. Preston North End, yeah. Yeah. So if Preston, oh, get off to, if Preston get off to a good start, the, the, the crowds tend to suffer. Um, it's a bit like South Shields in Sunderland, similar yeah. sort of thing. Um, talking of town, town who played Belper last week, um, they've got, I believe last week, beat Staley Bridge Celtic 1-0. Uh, Tom Hannigan's first goal for Town. Um, so Town had two clean sheets in a row, and obviously on Saturday drew one all against Belper. Um, Jordan Buckley was sent off, which is a massive blow for Town. Um Town are planning to appeal it. Straight um, red. Straight red card. Um, there was a bit of a kerfuffle on the floor. And yeah, straight red card. Well, okay. Yeah. Going to appeal it, but obviously as it stands, it's a it's a normal three three match ban. Three match ban, yeah. The, the from what I can gather, the two players stood up with a tangle of legs, and apparently they've claimed that uh, Jordan Buckley stamped on the player on the floor, but both got sent well, off. So it's a bit of a strange one, that. Yeah. I was gonna say both got sent off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Does that um, mean, will, will that mean he's unavailable for the local derby? No, I think there's three games in between. He might miss the FA Cup match, uh, which is on the Saturday before. Has that uh, been done yet, the draw for the FA Cup weekend? It will have been done by the time this podcast comes out. Um, so it usually gets drawn on a Monday afternoon. Um, I don't know what the numbers are, but Town and Ryan's both enter it this round. I mean, me and PJ said yesterday when we were together that all we want for town is a gate team we haven't played before at a ground that's either really far away or we were at home. 
you know, so you can have a good day out and a bit of a, a bit of a trip. Um, last year we played Kendall, for example. We have, we played them before, um, but yeah, I fancy I fancy a team that we haven't played before away. That's what most non-league fans want. And then a good cup run is my aim this year. That's why I'd love Town to get a good cup run into the into the sort of um, first round again. That'd be ace. If we get Man United, they might get a, might get through anyway. <laughs> the next round. That's the third round. That's a long way off that. Well, it was brilliant. Obviously, when Town had that great cup cup run, and obviously beat Exeter um, at home, and, and and obviously they were on the the telly. I mean, revenue wise as well, it'll give them a massive boost, especially after the last couple of years with 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 the COVID etc. I think everyone will be looking out for a good cup run. Yeah. So, yeah, just I mean, so big people understand the sort of figures that people get. So when Town were in that FA Cup run, I'm led to believe they got something like 125 thousand pounds when they were on BBC Two. And then when they played on BT Sport in the second round, it was something like £220,000, wow. including the TV revenue. Now, for not for Premier League clubs, that sounds like nothing, but that's probably two seasons worth of budget, that, um, at non-league level. So that's just how big the FA Cup runs actually are. Um, so if you can get a good cup run, it's a bonus. Um, Town are playing Averton on Tuesday night. Me and PJ will be there. Um, so if you want to come and say hello and give us some abuse... Come and say hello and give us some abuse. Um, we're always open to being abused, aren't we, PJ? Yes. A town at home? Town at home, yes, against Allerton Collieries. Oh. Don't call us mean names, though. No. I mean, you could call us fat and bald, because that's what you used to get called, so it's not too bad. PJ pretends yeah, he's not, not bald. bald. You pretend you're not bald. You've got that, you got that fringe covering <laughs> the most of the bald patch now. That's what it is. That's just... That's just me forehead. <laughs> Mine's all forehead. <laughs> getting bigger and bigger. Um, Town are also played on Tuesday night. They play Ashton. So what I was saying about Town and, and Rivals playing similar teams to each other, that's um, what you're seeing. So Town are playing Ashton. Ryan's are playing Belper next Saturday. Um, you just said Town are playing Aberton. No, we're playing Aberton on Tuesday. Keep listening, Willsey. Come on, keep up. All right, okay. So Town are playing, Town are playing Ashton away on, on Saturday. And then, Bye, sorry, yeah. And then Bel- Ryan's are playing Belper on Saturday as well. So, like I said, both teams are playing very similar opposition all the way through this this next three or four weeks. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see where they are. Like I said, by the time this podcast comes out, the FA Cup would have been drawn. That's going to be on the 3rd of September. So, if anyone's looking again for something so to we'll do... So, we'll have a bit of a chat about that on next week's episode. On next, week, on next week's podcast, we will announce it. Yes. Um, so... That's it for that one. It, just to talk about other things to do with Rylands and town. Um, Warrington Rylands Sunday team won the Allen Greenlay Cup today or on Sunday. Um, so first bit of silverware for Rylands this year. I'm not sure how much the Sunday team has to do with the first team. I can't imagine much, if I'm honest. Um, but it's a good, good, good bit of news for the Warrington clubs because it's going to be thin on the ground tonight. I'll tell you all that now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cheshire League now. Um, it's not been a good week in terms of Warrington side results. Um, so we'll talk about last week's games, uh, midweek games first. Green Halls, their good starts to the season is well and truly over now. They've lost um, another game 
by quite a big margin. Lost 4-0 to Broadheath Central. And then they also, on Saturday, lost again 4-0 to Middlewich. So they are the top two sides, Middlewich and Broadheath. But Greenall's defensive record is now one of the worst in the division. Um, Clarkey played yesterday, for those who know who Clarkey is. Oh, did he? Yes. There's not a very flattering picture of him online. Oh, that's why they got beat then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Clarkey's back at Greenall's, ex-Bruce player. Um, he came to Bruce from Greenall's. I think he's he's gone back to finish his career, I think, there. To be honest. I think he's winding down. Um, he doesn't play as often as he used to. That's to, that's to be fair about it. Um, I got a hold of him for Bruce Vets. So is that what you're doing? Yeah. Well, you must be desperate for Bruce Vets because you've asked me to play for you next week. No, you're good. I like you. Yeah, I don't. I, I, the the, the feeling is not mutual, mate. I'm playing left back, mate. So you know. Oh dear. <laughs> you haven't given me the. Fu- he won't play now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't pull any more hair out, Willsey. So it's all right. Um, so moving on to Eagle um, Eagle won their first game of the season on Tuesday night um, they won 2-1 away at Garswood so we remember last week we mentioned how they didn't score any goals um, and they only scored two goals in the entire season well uh, Ame Hadji Hadji scored both goals for Eagle a 2-1 win against Garswood on Tuesday night um, that's a superb win for, for Eagle um, getting them off the mark Unfortunately, they haven't been able to back it up, though, because they lost 3-1 um, with Lewis McCavitt with a goal. And they've, they've done a bit of a miss. They played AFC Knowles this weekend, and it seems to me that they just, they just aren't able to put a, put a performance in together for 90 minutes. Danny Nixon on Twitter was very upset with what, with what happened um, yesterday, but they were, they were playing quite well, and then they just sort of switched off for 10 minutes uh, and conceded a couple of goals. Um, now, we'll move on to the game we were at, so, or the club we went to watch this weekend, the MPJ. Um, so, Dayton, we'll talk about what they did last Tuesday before we talk about what they did yesterday. Um, Dayton lost 3 1 to AFC Nosley. Dayton took the lead through Pete Boniface uh, in the first half before three goals in four second half minutes. Finished the game off on Tuesday night. Now, me and PJ went to watch Dayton yesterday, and a similar thing happened in that, that game as well, PJ. Yeah, the first half, they were, well, most of the, uh, the first half I arrived late. Um, but I think Dayton were a better team. They played better football. But then uh, it was a free kick, wasn't it, for Brody. Yeah, Brody. Brody. Thank you. Um, and we said, as soon as that ball went in, I think we both said goal and then they scored and then they just collapsed, didn't they? Uh, yes. To the last five, ten minutes of the first half. And then second half, uh, the game just sort of... They were trying to play out from the back, Dayton, and they weren't doing it quick enough. And I don't think they were, the passing was great. Um, anyway, they were just trying to do little passes, but not putting enough on them. And then they were just getting closed down. Yeah, so so from what I saw of it, um, Broadheath had the best chances in the first half before you arrived. They had three absolute champs, sitters in the first 10 minutes, which they were all missed. And you thought, well, Dayton got a chance. Uh, Dayton then missed an open goal with that header at the far post. Um, and then, like I said, that free kick went in. And I'm all for playing passing football, but only when the conditions suit you. 
at the moment the pitches are that dry and that and the, so the, when they, you've got to put a lot into your passes and what Dayton were doing was just trying to knock it to a number nine who was completely isolated yeah, um, yeah that's another, that was another thing they were just hitting it up to him expecting him to hold it up and, but they were getting no no support up to him yeah they got they got they got battered in the in the in that first sort of 20 minutes in the second half um was the fourth goal when it sort of became a bit of a nonsense game um I think I think you left early didn't you to get away from it cuz it was that bad um yeah I left well not that I was I was in some pain as well oh you have got an injury you've got in, you've got an injury uh, from being on a uh, podcast yeah I've got an injury being on a podcast uh no I was struggling to stand up my foot was killing me I don't know why so I uh, I, dis- I decided to go home. I like you to have an injury, PJ. <laughs> but it makes it worse. I didn't. I only went Blue Planet in the morning, <laughs> and I don't. I've got no idea what I've done. <laughs> so I get I get injured by not even doing anything. So there was one thing I saw that PJ didn't see because he was he was late as well. So not only did he leave early, he was late to get into the game. So it was hardly worth him turning up. But during the war with the Broadheath Central game, if someone in the in the cultured area is missing a roof tile, it was caused by the Broadheath Central team warming up. So if you're missing a roof tile on your roof, it's been caused by a Broadheath Central striker. Yes. He managed. He managed to. So Dayton have got this this like uh, protection fence around one of the goals, and during the warm up, he managed to clear that, and it it directly onto a house and bounced back onto the pitch. And the tile come down the side of the. So, yeah, so if the, if that's your your roof, send your, send your invoice to to Broadheath. To Broadheath, not to Dayton. Yeah. It wasn't Dayton's fault. They got they didn't get near enough the goal in that second half to, to create any damage to that that goal. So, um, it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be a long season for Dayton. Um, one positive they have got is that the manager that kept up last season, Ryan Lee's, was there. So hopefully he's getting he's getting better, and he'll be able to get back on the sideline uh, and watch them. Did you um, see Ollie Nightingale? Oli Nightingale, no, he wasn't there. He, All right. he must have known I was coming and decided to <laughs> uh, avoid me. There was a few other people there. Um so yeah, it was it was it was a good it was a good day out for me, but it was a bit of a shame to see Day and get beat. Um this week on Tuesday, so we're going to the games that they've got this week. Eagle uh are playing on Wednesday, and they're away to they're at home so to win Stanley Warriors. Um, and Dayton and Greenholes both play on Tuesday. Dayton are at home to Congleton Reserves, who have also had a bad start to the season. Um, Dayton are four points from safety now uh, behind Congleton and Greenholz. Greenholz travel to AFC Knowsley. Um, to be honest with you, the Cheshire League, I've, I've watched quite a few games this season. I know PJ's watched a couple with me. Um, what do you think of the overall standards so far, PJ? Um, some, I think it's hit and miss sometimes. Because um, like we watched... The Eagle-Greenhaws uh, game, that was a very good standard. Um, but then we watched win uh, Greenhaws again the week after. Um, I think that was just because they're sending off. I don't think that was as, as good as a good standard. Uh, I think the game yesterday we watched, um, Dayton versus Broadheath again. I think I think there is some some talent there. Where they can, if they can get into it to a right level, it'll be a good league. Um, but I think I think we've just seen the teams near the bottom. I don't think we've seen, not seen a team that's outstanding, personally. 
See, I was quite impressed with Broadheath yesterday how they controlled the game. Once they went, once they went two or three up, they never looked like uh, getting well, that, getting beat. That that centre back, uh, the number four, he he seemed calm, bringing the ball out, and it didn't rush. I think that's the other issue of uh, Dayton with rushing, trying to get the ball out. But brought, like you said, Broadheath controlled the game. That number four, the centre back, and uh, they just seemed to, he just seemed to. Play well, but um, the team, yeah, the standards, the standards better than that well, that I've ever played at, which isn't very high. But don't forget, you played in the Cheshire League, Pete. Don't forget that I played in. I still think I could in me in my head. I reckon I could still play. Body wise, no chance. So, um, Middlewich and Broadheath are top, the top two. Unfortunately, like I said all the Warrington League teams are struggling. I think that's why we've not maybe not seen the best of the league. Um, because the teams we we support and want to do well aren't doing very well at the moment. They've had a bit of a stuttering start. Um, so hopefully things will improve in the next few weeks and the, we get to see some of the good side of the Cheshire League because there obviously is some good teams in there. Um, and earlier, uh, myself and Tim interviewed Rob, chairman of the Cheshire League. Rob, welcome to the Warrington Football Podcast. How are we? You well? Very well, thank you. How are you? Getting by, getting by. I'm a bit disappointed it's the end of the weekend already. So always go too quickly, don't they? <laughs> too right. Particularly when you go and watch some football at the weekend, it just seems to make it go even quicker. Um, so just so people don't, if people don't know who you are, um, what's your position in the within the Cheshire League? Um, um, I am the chairman fixtures and registration secretary and I do a bit of safeguarding as well. Oh, so you, so you, you, not, you give yourself nice easy jobs then as chairman? Yeah, yeah, yeah all, the, all the stuff that uh, no, yeah, anybody, anybody could do, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> so the Cheshire League, obviously, since I was a kid, has been around for a long time. What do you think the current state of the league actually is? Um, well, 1948, we were founded. It's actually our 75th season, big gala dinner at the end of the season, so big season for us. Um, I think the state of the league is probably the strongest it's ever been. Um, I joined the committee 22 years ago and we had two divisions and the section was generally reserve sides of member clubs. So you might have liner type Cheadle and liner type Cheadle reserves, Nutsford and Nutsford reserves, etc. Um, but these days we've got five divisions. No, we've got three. We've got um, the Premier Division, League One, League Two, and then Reserve One and Reserve Two. Um, so from that perspective, five divisions, 74 teams, I don't think we could really be in, in, in a stronger position than we are now. So me, obviously we go and watch quite a lot of the Warrington sides in the Cheshire League, so the Daytons, the, the Greenalls, the, the Moors of the world. Um, and yeah, the standard is fantastic. Don't forget Eagle. Don't forget Eagle. Oh, Eagle as well. Well, we can't. If we forget somebody, we get nothing but earache. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Eagle wouldn't forgive me, so there you go. We went to we went to watch Greenalls twice in a week, and oh, my word, the stick we got on Twitter was unbelievable. Favoritism. <laughs> so, yeah, and the standard is fantastic. It really is. Um, I always see it as the, the first level of non-league, if that makes sense, if, as you're going up. So you get rid of the district leagues because they're 
you know, their amateur football. But then I see this as almost, you know, it is amateur still the closest thing you get to semi-professional football, like the earliest you get to semi-professional football. Definitely. I mean, if you look at the FA Pyramid, we are, our Premier Division is, is that bottom rung of the ladder on the road up to um, full-time professional football. So we are step seven um, in the football pyramid, which is the last recognised and centrally controlled in terms of they give us our set of rules, our standard code of rules, and we have to follow those. And they're, they're dictated to us every season by the FA in London, whereas district leagues can set their own set their own rules and agendas. And so how, how proud does it make you when you see teams that... You know, used to be in the Cheshire League. Rylands is one of the main ones recently. I mean, Town were back in the day. How proud is it as, as a league is to see these teams progress during as after they leave you? Um, to be honest, it's the biggest compliment um, that we can get as a league, but also that we can help those clubs on their way. Um, I think if you go back only maybe 10, 15 years, it'd been a long, long time since any club have been promoted up from the Cheshire League into the counties, which is the next step on the ladder. Um, and I think, you know, through our league development plan, which was basically get we get grant money from the FA, and then we gave that back to the clubs in order to know if they, they put a put quotes in for improving the changing rooms or improving the pitch or putting their hard standing in the the pitch barriers around the edge of the pitch, we would give them a third of that money um, for the project they were working on to help them get to that, the required standard. Um, I think the season that four teams went up from our Premier Division, when the counties added the extra division, um, the, the FA said, well, we only want to take three from the Cheshire League. I said, well, no, because any club that applies and you feel it at the right standard, please take them all uh, because they, they've been working towards this. And the fourth team that was actually taken that season was Ryland's. So from that perspective, you know, I can, you know, I, we can all point back on the quit and go, well, we said the, the FA said three and we actually said four. And actually Ryland's the ones now that have bounced on into the Northern Prem. So from that perspective, that's another big plus for the league that, you know, somebody has, has obviously they've had a lot of backing, but they've, they've taken that leap of faith and they've gone from strength to strength and pushing on up, up through the pyramid. Um, does, Rob, there's been a couple of teams which have moved from Warrington District League recently. Um, how do you think they're finding it? What, what do you think sort of St Michael's um, and Parklands and teams like that, how do you think they've settled into the uh, Cheshire League? I think um, it's easy to talk about Parklands because they've been winners a couple of seasons. Um, obviously, the first their first, first season was during lockdown, so it's, it's a very frustrating season. You know, we started this season that got curtailed and we had to do we did still do pr promotions, which they benefited from, but then we had a curtailed season again where, you know, we, it was a very stop start. We had the three-month hiatus and right in the middle of it. So I think Parkins have established themselves. They got to the League Cup final. They, you know, they're established in League One. You know, they're holding their own, which is, which is fantastic. St. Michael's, um, obviously, they're playing, they've been playing the Witness Cup. So they've actually only played um, two or three league games. But looking at the results, they've certainly had some some good games where you know, I think it was a six-one in there somewhere in the last couple of weeks. So they sorry their, their midweek games have been playing. Saturdays have been for the Witness Cup. So they've done they're doing really well. But it's 
it's a long old season. So let's see, you know, well, I'm not going to say Tuesday nights in Grimsby, but you know what I mean? It's <laughs> let, let's get through the heavy pitches of February and March when we can actually play football because we won't, we generally don't play a lot in January and February just because of grass and, and the weather. So let's just, let, let's see, but they've certainly started strongly um, from, from, from what I've seen so far. And what's your, what's your history in football? So did you play when you were younger? And then you uh, when I, was young, I, I just played pub, Sunday pub football and played at university. Um, I used to run a Sunday side um, and play for a Sunday side. Um, and then I just got the, we had a, we had a bad referee one day <laughs> and uh, I just thought I could do better than that. So I've been a referee since the 98, 99 season. Um, so my main background is, is uh, refereeing. So is that something you still do now, Rob, or have you, have you yeah, passed yeah. in the referee? No, no, still referee. I did a hundred and refereed 160 odd games last season. Um, and I, uh, I'm still refereeing to start again this season. Done twenty odd already. So yeah. So not just talking about the Chess League here, but what do you think the, how do you think the, the respect campaign is still going um, within the grassroots game? Because we've seen some shockers this season with some of the referees getting abuse. What do you think? How do you think it's the the FA's respect campaign is actually working? I think it it was working, and then we got hit by the pandemic. And my personal view is that. With the pandemic, people in general are more argumentative, more more angry. They 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 you know they're more frustrated. And I don't know that's whether I don't. It's just I suppose it's been from being locked up for three months in a way, you know. But that sort of seems to have followed through, um, and maybe more in junior football when I've seen it, when I've you know been watching mentoring referees, and you see frustration from parents. Uh, maybe not so much in in the in the Cheshire League, but you hear stories where. You know, people do get. It's easy to single out the referee, isn't it? It's always the referee's fault. You know, if you give it one way, they're happy, but the other side aren't. And obviously, the supporters of each side. It's just it goes with the job, and I think it's, it's the point where it tips over into being unacceptable. That you just have to to manage. I think the respect campaign does work, and it certainly works at junior football. I went to do a couple of junior games on Saturday morning and the respect barriers are out and the peak parents are way back off the pitch and what have you. And there's certainly not a word uttered, but then you get into the proper season, cup matches, top of the table clashes, local derbies, and it, it, it just evolves from there, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, one of the, it's one of the things we found. We went to watch a game yesterday, which we'll mention on the podcast, um, where... The the the, the sideline was trying to I won't say intimidate referee but put an put an assistant off should yeah, we say yeah. by constantly shouting offside now some of the sideline need to learn what the offside rule actually was or is because sometimes the guy was level but the, the one thing one thing that's impressed me this year because we've watched a few Cheshire League games is the standard of linesmen um, they're usually really young kids doing the line and they've done they've been a credit to the league I think. Um, I don't know how much feedback you get for referees, but that's a bit of positive news there. I think the the change in status, um, we we the, the us in the Liverpool League have maintained our um, supply league status or feeder league status, which means that um, the referees are centrally appointed, and therefore. And they need assistant referees. And the pathway we offer for assistance is that, you know, by running the line on the on the Cheshire League, 
is part of their promotion pathway. So as to get promoted from level seven to six and six to five, which is in, in refereeing terms, um, you need to run a certain number of lines a season. So we offer the correct standard of football, the best standard of football available um, to allow those assistant referees to get those games under their belt and on their on their assistant referee sheets, as it were. Um, and obviously we run a pre-season training session every season for all those new assistants coming onto the panel as well. So, you know, it's, we don't just chuck people in without any experience at all. Sounds good. Um, so what's the future plans of the Cheshire League? Is there any plans to expand even further, maybe create another division? Or is it, this is what, this is the size we can cope with and this is what we're sticking with? Well, I get asked this question quite a lot. And at the moment, this moment in time, um, you know, this point in the season is the busiest point at the time. And people go, why did you play so many games in August? Why did you play eight to 10 games in August? We're all knackered. Ugh. I said, well, historically, we always do. Because if you look, if you project this league forward, this season forward to March and April and in May, because we don't play many games because of the weather, November, December, January, February, you end up playing most of your games in August and most of your games in March, April and May. So from my perspective, having an extra division is not a, is not a bad idea and it's something we are toying with. But the, what we have to do is we have to set it out early to say, at the end of the season, we're creating an extra division, which means we're going to relegate extra teams uh, because whilst we get 10, 12 applicants every season, they don't all meet the standard. And to create the, the, the top division has to be 16 teams because of our status. But the other divisions could be 14 or 12, which would mean that, or 13, for example, which would give you 24 league games plus the cup competition, which means you wouldn't need midweek night matches. Now, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Do you want 30 league games plus your cup competitions with the weather, which means you've got to play night games? When and don't forget, the majority of our clubs don't have lights, so therefore it is 6.30 kickoffs midweek. And I do try and keep teams as local as possible, you know, within the Warrington area or within the St. Helens area or within their locality, so there's not far to travel. But the problem is that the club's and the players are two different entities. So the club might be in, in, in Warrington, but the players might actually work in Widnes or Liverpool or Manchester. So it's where they're travelling from. And obviously you don't sign players based on where they live. It's on their ability and if they want to play for you. So from my perspective, having an extra division, you know, and small sizes would probably help us. It's just positioning that with the clubs and saying, oh, by the way, if you finish in the bottom six in League Two, you could end up in... League three. And that's sometimes, I mean, when we did it last time, when we went from two divisions to three divisions, Premier League one and then added League two, um, it was a pill, a difficult pill for some teams to swallow because obviously they finished in the bottom four, five, or six and were moved into, into the, the next division down. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, no problem at all. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm sure we'll get you on again in the future. Um, no, that's fine. If that's, that's okay. That's and if anyone else from the league committee want to come on, they're more than welcome. So we get different voices. Yeah. Um, like one thing I will ask actually is if, if someone wants to get involved with the Cheshire League or on the committee, how do they go about it? Um, just send uh, just send me an email, chairman at cheshirefl.com. Um, volunteers are as rare as, as uh, hen's teeth. I was going to say rock and horse, but you know what I mean, hen's teeth. And I think if somebody 
feels they can offer something or want to offer something, I'll quite happily have that chat with them. You know, find out what they what interests them because there's no point me saying, "Oh, well, I need that job doing you do that." Might not interest them. Might not suit the skill set. I want somebody to come and choose a job that they want to do that they're passionate about, and then can get. You no, know, we'll carry on because they want to, not because I've given it them to do, and it's it's something that you know, they're not really that interested in. And um, so, if there are people out there that want to get involved, absolutely, you know, tell us what get in touch. Tell us what your skill set is, what you'd like to be doing. And we'll see where we can uh, fit you in. All right, that's great. Thanks very Brilliant. much, Rob. No worries, thank Cheers, you. Rob. Cheers. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Hey guys. Welcome back to the Warriors Football Podcast. That was Rob Chairman of the Cheshire League. And by the sounds of it, Tim, he's a bit of a man of all jobs. Yeah, sounds a bit like you when you're at Bruce, mate, doing everything. Yeah, you got you, you got to do it yourself. You want to do it right, though. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way. That's the best way to be. Um, we're going to go on to some much more positive news now when it comes to the Warrington League or the Cheshire League. Sorry for the Warrington-based sides in the Cheshire League. The more in League Two, um, they've had a much better week than the other teams in the Premier Division. They won five-one on Saturday. Um, Luke Maunders, Oliver Witt. And the man of the moment, Kane Hackett, who John last week, John Ellis, was delighted with. And I think he's put himself even more in the shot window now. So when we go and watch him in a couple of weeks' time, we'll have to keep out an eye out for this young kid because he not only scores goals, he seems to create goals as well. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. I'm delighted to say that this week we have welcomed the first female voice onto the podcast. So um, if all goes well and we get a few more listeners this week, we'll definitely invite a few more back on. But uh, Helen Dobson, the captain of the Warrington Wolves ladies team, the season started today and uh, and she was in high spirits after a great 2-1 win. And uh, we'll get into the interview now. Hello, uh, we are joined with Helen Dobson here, uh, ladies from the Warrington Football. Um, Helen, how are you doing? Really nice to have you on. Hello, yes, I'm good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for asking me to come on. No problem at all. Uh, obviously, you are the first um, female that we've interviewed on the show, so um, you know we'll always Probably. remember that one. Um, <laughs> first of all, I just want to touch upon a fantastic win today. Um, you know, I'm guessing you know very happy with that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, obviously, about the game and, and how you're feeling after it? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, how I feel after it is very, very sore and achy, yeah. <laughs> like after every game. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was a great win today. We were playing against Alder. Um, we played them last season. It was it was a very physical and, and tough match. But um, we actually went down 1-0 just before half-time, managed to pull it back to one all, And it was last five minutes and and we, we scored scored the winner. So... It was a great game, really physical, like I said. Um, we actually went down to 10 men. One of our players got sin as well. 
um, oh. the last 10 minutes, so that didn't help. But we just, we fought, I was so proud of the girls. We fought um, right to the end and, you know, managed to eventually keep our discipline and, and you know, we brought it back and it was a great win today. There really What's is the something for? Sorry. Uh, it was frustrating because we felt like we were against 13 men sometimes. <laughs> But um, it, I feel like it's one of these where you can't say too much or you get fined. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was just basically uh, one of our girls was just really frustrated and just back chatting, really nothing like major. I think he just yeah. had enough. So yeah, automatic simbin. But, I was but we say, did well. We did well. I, I was going to say, uh, sorry, before uh, P asked that then, that there is what. There's not really any better feeling than getting a last-minute winner or a winner right near the end of the game. Obviously, all the efforts throughout the game, and you've had the frustration there of, of obviously having a, one of your teammates simbined. Um, but yeah. uh, what a what what an ending for you for you all. Oh yeah, yeah, it was amazing because to be honest, we I mean they probably say different, but we did have the majority you know, majority of the possession, and we had so many chances. We just didn't put them all. It half time. It was kind of just missing, you know, missing that. Um, few more goals but you know we could have had a lot more chances they they tend to add one chance and scored it so yeah um, I think that, that usually that's usually what happens with us but no we kept we kept pushing and we were really determined and no one gave up which was brilliant I was really proud like I said of the girls and yeah we got that final win and like you said there is no better feeling than the last minute last oh, minute yeah, um, goal Definitely. yeah well I've, I've jumped straight in there and asked you obviously about today's game but I want to take you back to your, your early days of your career and, uh, you know, kind of ask, you know, where you started off, uh, how long you've been playing for Warrington for, if you played anywhere else, etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've actually been playing football nearly 30 years, so I'm 38 now, so I'm near retirement, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been playing since I was nine years old. Um, so my dad always took me and my sister to the field. I was one of these kids where, obviously, when I was a lot younger, I used to put push... Um, football in a pram rather than a, a doll <laughs> so I was really into my football um support Middlesbrough so I was brainwashed as a child <laughs> my oh, dad's okay. from from Stockmanties so um yeah always loved football um always played it watched it it's been a massive passion of mine since like I said since I was younger um I don't know if you you know the late Sylvia Gore she yeah uh, she actually started our football team the the very very early stages of Warrington um that was when I was nine years old so she started it. Unfortunately, she couldn't carry on after several weeks. So one of the dads took over, Phil Dutton. Um, and I've played for Warrington then in the unders, um, you know, the underages up to um, open age when I was 15, 16, I think I was. Um, ended up playing for the open age. Um, I played for Cheshire as well, which was a, a good privilege. And I actually had England trials as well when I was 18, which wow. I'll always remember. Um, I actually went on holiday the same day, so I only got to do the morning. Um, but it was a privilege to be asked to, you know, yeah. to go and, and trial. Um, so that was great. And then I think I was about 24 years old um, when the original Warrington actually folded. Um, I think from memory, we we lost a lot of players um, and we couldn't really get anyone to manage or coach. So we ended up folding. Um, luckily for me, in a selfish point of view, I didn't really miss any games because I, I then um, had my daughter. So okay. I was out. I was out um, with her. She's 13 years old now. Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't really miss any games whilst I was pregnant or, or on maternity leave. So for me, that was good. Um, and then I started up again playing for Pennington. So War Warrington didn't start up again um, after that, but I played for Pennington for three or four years, I think it was. Um, and then one, one evening, uh, Wendy Booth, so she was Wendy Andrews then, 
she actually contacted um, quite a lot of the old original Warrington team and said, do you fancy a, a bit of a kickabout on Orford Jubilee? Um, so we said, yeah, a bit of five side, that'd be quite fun. So we went there, you know, really enjoyed it. And we just said, let's just start off the team again. Um, so 2013, we started up the Warrington Wolverines is what we were called initially. Um, so yeah, I was I was captain from the start as well. Again, another privilege for me. Um, I was secretary at the time as well for a few years, which is um, very hard work. I know it was at your last podcast, you were talking to a guy that he was secretary going through the roles and everything. It, it's a lot yeah. of hard work and paperwork and that. Um, but I absolutely loved it. And obviously it's grown more and more. And then now we, we've got a, from last season, we've got a development squad, um, which is really good. A lot of girls half my age, which is quite depressing for me, but <laughs> it's uh, it's great because it's the future. You know, they're the future um, of Warrington. And yeah, we, we first two seasons we were promoted. Um, and then this league that we're in, unfortunately, there's only one that, that gets promoted. So it's very hard to get out of. Um, and yeah. we've always come really close each season. Um, it's a bit like the championship. You can't, you know, once you're in that league, you can't get out of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that this season is going to, we say every year, you know, we're, we're good enough. We, we know we've got the players, we've got the skill, um, we've got the determination. It's just these little games that we know we should be winning that we tend to just lose it and, you know, lose our heads a little bit and we, we don't quite get there. But hopefully this season we'll uh, we'll do it and get promoted. Yeah, fingers crossed. A lot of, uh, yeah. lot of information there. You know, um, great that you've been involved with, you know, quite a few teams and obviously the England trials, that, that'll be something that you, you've always got with you. Did you find that, um, obviously, that morning that you, you went on the England trials, was it, was it a lot more intense than your usual kind of training session that you do? Yeah, um, again, I, I was 18, so it was quite a while ago. Um, but yeah, it was quite intense. And I think it was always in the back of my head as well that I wasn't going to be doing the, the afternoon, which was a bit... Um, upset about that I was actually going on holiday that day um, yeah. but my mum and dad still wanted me to obviously go because yeah. it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing isn't it um, I think there was about 150 girls in total that went from around the country so nice to be be picked to go um, I don't remember who was there but I'm pretty sure that, that apparently two um, two of the girls were picked on that day and I'm sure they'll have played for England I'm sure they would have been you know famous now and they'll have played for England at yeah. some point but I just can't remember who you know obviously it was before they played for England and um and that but I, I played with some pretty pretty good girls and yeah it was quite it was quite good it was just like a training session let's say and um they just wanted to see who who outshone everyone else really so yeah. it was enjoyable then yeah that's good well obviously we've just had the success of the Lionesses obviously fantastic for you know the the country and everyone involved with women's football, have you noticed um, a difference in women's football from when you started playing to where it is now? Massively, yeah. Um, it gets more. There's more funding, um, especially from a grassroots level. Um, yeah, a, a lot. There's a lot more awareness. Obviously, the last time England uh, women's had success, you know, it kind of brought more awareness to the game and um, to the women's game as well. And there's um Alex Scott always you know presenting yes. um yeah. you've got a lot of officials that are female now so it's yeah. it's it's creeping into the game it is it's great I'm not one of these that thinks that with the women um in the Super League should get paid the same as men because we don't bring the same revenue in so they shouldn't get paid yeah. in my opinion it shouldn't you know it's not the same so by all means as soon as I think it'll take 10-15 years time maybe where we suddenly get you know we could get to that level um, and and then you know yeah there's no reason why people, you know the women can't get get paid the same but 
I think right now, no, they shouldn't because they're not bringing the same revenue in. Um, yeah. But it is growing. I mean, it was record-breaking audiences, wasn't it? You know, with the with the Euros. So it was so good. And I still occasionally watch the the highlights of the of the final. A bit sad, but it just makes me. I still get emotional about it, and it's just yeah. really just makes me proud to be a female footballer. Um, and I know the rest of the team were all texting each other whilst whilst it was going on, and it's just great to see. And let's like, say great for women's football. Um, and I think it's only going to grow more and more as long as we get, you know, the same grassroots. We should get the same amount of money pumped in from the from the government. There's no reason why we can't as as males. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely grown, and it's it's the success of the England team has helped. I also think that with the success that the, the Lionesses have just had, um, more, obviously, young girls um, will be interested in playing football now and hopefully yeah. will kind of have a, a new era of, of, of young girls wanting to play football and, and there could be a lot of su- more success for, for the England ladies further down the line as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it, it all starts from grassroots, doesn't it? So, I mean, our keeper, for example, she's only 15, 16, our, our, one of our keepers, Um She's like half, she's more than half my age or less than, I don't know what you'd say it. But yeah, she's, I mean, she's really young and, um, you know, you see all these football football um, teams for girls and Lim, I've got a great system for my local area, Appleton, I've got great setup. So um, there's a lot more out there, a lot more opportunities, I think, for for girls. Because um, when I was younger, I always remember when I was in primary school and I used to, used to play and I obviously hadn't played with other before I before I joined um, Warrington when I was nine, I hadn't played with other female footballers. I used to think I, I must be the best female footballer in the world when I was seven or eight years old. And then, of course, you start playing with other female footballers, and you think, no, actually, there's quite there's some quite good players out there. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's got a lot better now, and I think it'll only get better in the future. And and you know the the devs um, that play play for us last season, we didn't really merge I mean it was only the first season have a development squad but last season we didn't really merge them together as as well as we should have done we kind of trained separately um didn't really get involved with each other just just the occasional um individuals would switch you know to to from first team to the devs and vice versa but this this year um is a brand new setup we've got four coaches um you know managers and that and it's just it just feels different um nothing against you know like Jake, for example, was a was the manager. We've lost him now. He was he absolutely loved the game. He loved the girls. He loves Warrington. And um, unfortunately, he's gone over to America now to do do his own wow. thing. So we're going to miss him loads. Um, but yeah, this season it just felt like even today it felt great because you had four coaches on the side, really giving encouragement. You know, willing us all to to push on, and and I think it helps massively. They all give you know bring individual skills as well to the table. So. Um, it just feels feels different this year, and I'm hoping it's going to turn into something positive. No, that that that's that's really good. Um, I, I believe the Warrington Wolves Foundation um, are involved with the with the club. Um, if you could tell us a bit of information, obviously about that, you know how it came about, you know what's involved. Yeah, of course. Um, so it was a couple of years ago now, and they they I don't know if we approached them or they approached us, but they were very keen um, to to make us their um, women's football team. So, I mean, they've been really good. James Howes was the, was the guy that we speak to um, about it. And Wendy Wendy spoke to, to James and, you know, obviously we're not going to turn down being part of the Wolves, um, you know, set up. So yeah. it was brilliant. And me, I, I used to have a season ticket to watch the Wolves as well. So it was a big, a big deal for me as well to be part of it. 
um you know we've got the badge on on our shirts and you know we would say to the girls even before the game today you know wear, wear it with pride it means a lot you know to wear a Warrington um Warrington Wolves badge should mean a lot and and they did show today that you know it does um but yeah it, it's great I mean they're they're you know they share a lot of things on social media about us they do a lot of they're going to do a lot more this season as well um yeah it's great to be part part of that really really pleased and privileged well you just mentioned there that um you know you, you tell the girls that it's special to wear the Warrington Wolves badge on your shirt I, I wish the, the Warrington Wolves players felt like that this season so I know you briefly touched upon uh you know you want to go one better this season. You've been quite close to obviously getting out of the division. Um, so, so where where did you guys finish last season, and what are your, your main aspirations for this season? I knew you'd ask that because I can't remember where we finished, but I think it was top <laughs> top half of the table. Um, I think actually last season was probably our worst. I reckon fifth or fifth or fourth or fifth we finished. Um, usually it's second or third. You know, we're we're just always so close. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's these games that we come away and we're so frustrated because we know we should have won. We we make uh, create so many chances and just don't put them away. Yeah. Um, not blaming the attackers, they'll allow me for that. But um, no, it's just just one of those things. Think you know, any team in a season, there's like they have a bit of a dip, don't they? And that's just kind of what we what we you know did have done the last few seasons. Um, I just think that the standard, especially with the the whole league and all the teams in the league, has, has increased a lot. Um, you know, obviously we started out in the Cheshire League and we've gone up. And just think this this season, um, last season, the standard's definitely gone up with the with the opposition that we're playing against. Um, and like I said before, it, there's only one that goes up, so it's really really tough. You've got to be at the top of your game all the time. Yeah. Um, if we play like we did today for the rest of the season, I, I have no doubt at all that we'll we'll definitely you know be giving it giving it a good go at the top yeah well no um hopefully you know fingers crossed it is it is a really good season for you for you girls and, and you do go that one better I know obviously it's, it's easy to, you know to, to talk about but at football at any level you've got to take your chances um you get punished if you don't yeah you do definitely and we, we always say that and it just always seems to be that we have loads of chances don't don't quite convert them and then they'll have one chance and you know but that's that league it's so um you know there's a lot of talented players and some some players only need one chance and they'll put it away and and that's it you know you only need one more goal than the other other team to to win so um yeah it's always the story I think for us but I've got a feeling this season it'll be a lot different you know we're, we're training yeah. differently um like I said we've got four coaches now that are, I've got different individual skills um I think it's great for example um at the beginning, when we're warming up for a game, Michael take us aside, the defenders aside, and work with the defenders. And then, you know, the two leads will take the other other guys on. We've got um, goalkeeping coach Chris as well, so we've got like individual um, talents through the coaching team, and it's just great to to um, to work for them and train with them. And um, they bring it into training. You know, training's always good um, yeah. as well. It's enjoyable, but we all know that we need to we need to work hard and get fit. Um, you know, obviously make sure we do things outside of training as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ourselves. So Wednesday, uh, you are playing Hindley. Yes, two days um, to recover. 
Yes. Um, Great for my uh, old age. <laughs> are games normally that kind of quick or is it just because it's the start of the season? It's just because it's the start of the season. To be honest, this season is very, very early. We usually start um beginning of September. Right, um, okay. I know at the league, it is, yeah, that one of the league meetings, they, they did a vote and um, we voted to keep it to September. Um, but obviously more, more teams voted to bring it forward. Um, it's a bit of a, a nightmare because obviously you've got a bank holiday in there as well. But it's, yeah, we've got, we have today, obviously, we've then got Wednesday. We've then got another game on Sunday and then another one on Wednesday again. So there's five games in it in a row in two weeks, um, like I said, which is a lot for, you know, for players that, that are as old as I am. Um, but we've got a big squad and we've got a lot of, you know, players. It's great this season because the people that were on the bench today, they were just as good as the people that were playing. So there's a lot, yeah. a lot more competition on the pitch um, this season, which is great. So, so yeah, we'll just, we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Wednesday against Hindley it is. Yes. So, so, so what, what are they like then? I'm guessing you, you've played them quite a few times before. Yeah, yeah. The last game that I remember, um, it was actually really, really bad weather. Um, it was away, away with them. And I think we won 5-3. Um, but it was a close game. Just just remember the weather was awful. Um, but there's no reason why we can't. Like I said, if we play today, you know, play on Wednesday like we did today, we'll, we'll beat them. You know, I have no doubt that bring the determination like we did today and um, work together and we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely give them a good game. Yeah. Well, um, like I say, you know, um, thank you very much for, for, for coming on and giving us your time this Sunday evening. Uh, wish you all the best for this season. And um, I, I also believe that you, you're on the lookout for maybe one or two sponsors to help out with a with, with a, a few things within the club. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know we've got quite a lot now, but obviously always looking for sponsors. Um, it's great because as soon as we put it out, we, had, we were contacted by quite a lot of people. So that's really good. And that just goes to show, like we were saying before, how, how much the women's game's grown, people wanting to sponsor us. So, um, so yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. If anyone's, everyone's looking to, to sponsor or wants to sponsor us, then yeah, just get in touch. Yeah. Perfect. Well, like I say, thank you very much for, for, for coming on, giving us your time. And we will love to have you back on again later on in the season. Get course, a bit yeah. of an update how you, how you've been getting on and, uh, yeah. and hopefully you've had a, a few more wins and a few more last minute winners. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, hopefully, I'll get one myself. Yes, that'd be nice. Doesn't, ha- doesn't happen often. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Owen. Thank you. We've just heard from Helen Dobson there, the ladies' captain at the Warrington Wolves team. Um, came across really well, lovely lady. Uh, they got off to a great start to the season, a 2-1 win today. So she was obviously really happy about that. A late goal gave them the victory after they had a player sent off. Well, Simbin not sent off. But, um, but yeah, PJ, what did what did you think? Yeah, she, was, she was a great guest. Um she she seems to know a lot about football and the local football of uh, the women's women's side. She yeah. probably knows a lot about the men's side too. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if we can get more uh, female guests on in the future to compare what the league's like. We've only heard one side. Yeah. So yeah, but she she said, "Well, hope them all the best for the season, and um, we'll we'll get them, we'll get her well get her all." 
someone else on in the near future. I thought it was great to, you know, hear about a, a career, um, you know, mentioning the England trials, etc. What the Lionesses have just done, um, what that, what the kind of change that the ladies' games had since she started playing to now. Yeah, it's changed massively. Um, I think it's more, it's more funded, which helps. Uh, but it's interesting that she, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about should they get paid the same as the men's game? And it was interesting to hear her opinion on it. Uh, yeah, she, yeah she was very honest about it and, and said that, you know, she, she didn't believe that was the case. The women's game, you know, doesn't bring in anywhere near the, the revenue or, or obviously the, the figures that the men's does. But who knows where, where that game's going to go? You know, the with what the women have just done, I mean, the w- women's game is only going to, you know, go on, go on the up, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it'd be far off where the, the women will bring more the same amount of money in, or maybe maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, but shouldn't be shouldn't be too long, I don't think, because it well, seems what, to be growing. One of the things one of the things that I mentioned to her was the the success that the women's England's women's team obviously have just had. Hopefully, it kind of breeds a you know a new younger girls that want to play football, and we could see a lot of regular success for for England. At, International level for the ladies. Yeah, because um, you look at the, when the Euros was on, you the, when the camera was showing the crowd celebrating, there was a lot of young girls there that would be thinking, "I might not do, might not play football," and then all of a sudden they've watched um, they've watched the Euros and found a local team like Warrington, and they'll they'll play, and then they, they might be stars of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm guessing that there's probably some some girls out there as well, you know, who maybe uh, have wanted to play and maybe felt shy about it or, um, you know, it wasn't seen to be popular. But obviously with the success that, that the, the Lionesses have just had and and how it was all over, you know, the media, the national press, etc. How many have actually come out and, and, you know, been open and honest, and, you know, and want to play? Great to get her on. And um, and hopefully, like you say, you know, we'll we'll have a few more females on it in, in the future. So good luck to um, Warrington Wolves ladies for this season. Welcome back to the Warrington Football Podcast. We're coming up to the end of the show now, so we're going to do a touch on a little bit of the big national stories of the day. Um, big story, obviously, this week would be Man United-Liverpool, but as we're recording this on Sunday night, we can't talk about how that game's gone or how it's going. So we'll talk about Man City versus Newcastle. Willsy, I believe you watched the game. What did you think of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I expected it to be a, uh, a tricky test for City because Newcastle have been really impressive at home, at home obviously, this year. Um, and they took it to, to City's. Um, St. Max Millen had a, a brilliant game. Every time he touched the ball, he caused problems. It, 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 it was just a really good game of football to watch. I really enjoyed it. I actually said, you know, I, I was didn't want it to, to end. It was it was just really exciting. I mean, I think I think today has shown how close the Premier League actually is. Because I mean, we're not the top. I'm not going to mention it too much. But Leeds beat Chelsea, um, Brighton beat West Ham, which I think they, that was a bit of a coupon buster as well. Well, and, you, you say that, but actually, West Ham have not beaten Brighton in the last ten attempts. So this is why we got eleven stat- after today. This is what this is why we've got Stato on 
There we yeah. go. We got so, him on there. Yeah, so um, I, I, I couldn't believe that myself either. So if you go back to 10 attempts, I mean, you must be talking four or five years, really. That is quite a big stat, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Leeds beating Chelsea was a big surprise, but City was was a magnificent game of football. Um, I think it was it was open. Both teams tried to attack, um, and I think really it was it was a great a great performance as Newcastle. Um, and and before, if they perform like that every week, they won't be far off the, off the top top certainly the top six. I know um, we're going to we're, we're talking about Newcastle. I'd have seen the VAR decision on the Trippier red card. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I know Wills, if you've yeah. watched the game. Um, I've seen it and I don't th- I didn't think it was a red card when I saw it. They got it got rescinded, but very rescinded. Yeah, it got yeah, but just hearing hear the aftermath on it and like uh, on social media, um fans saying it should be a red. I think it, it should up near it. Well, because it went up near his knee, but it's like it's not a dangerous tackle. Thing is, though, I mean, you can seriously, he's, he's made no attempt for the ball. No. And he's done him. So I can see why the referee give him a red card because you don't want to see players. Imagine that was Salah in a Liverpool game and he, and he breaks his leg, you know, because someone's yeah, but, just done him. It's not like if he'd gone for the ball, you'd say fair enough. If he tripped him accidentally, he'd gone for the ball. But he he did him. He, he, did, he yeah. knew what he was doing. I, I think this is the yeah. whole point about that um, because. The referee has seen it and the it, Trippier's foot was high and it, it made contact with the knee. So that, that could cause a serious injury. That, that could be a season-ending injury. That And the VAR gives the referee the chance to have a look at it again and, and you know, he, he deemed it to be worthy of a yellow. So in that instance, bar works, works, works well. But, but then again, you go back to Chelsea and Tottenham last week where Kukurela... Kukurea, whatever his name is, got his hair pulled. VAR would have saw that, and that was a clear and obvious assault. Really, yeah, but they've, isn't it? But they've, they've come out, they've come out apologising for that, haven't they? And I think that's why this week VAR haven't got involved in anywhere. Yeah, been a, a, bit, a bit more involved because there was there's been there's been well, a few not, VAR this week. Well, it needs to be consistent, doesn't it? But I think like the Leeds game, I watched a bit of that. Um, the guy who got sent off. The new oh, Kudabali. Kudabali. If you're on about bringing players down deliberately, he did it in the first half. He pulled someone that pulled someone down. But there's a difference between pulling someone back and hacking down someone's legs, which is yeah, what but Chippy, if, it's what yeah, but did. If you're, yeah, but if you're pulling someone down, you're making them be off balance, which could hurt seriously. Hurt him. He could buckle the knee. It's all, it's one of them. You can't do it. We can't have one rule saying, "Oh, you kicked him." That's a red card, but pulling them down off balance is just a yellow card. Because Trippier could, could just rubby tackle him. Probably find it be a red card. For, you know. Oh, pulling pulling back his shirt. Then it's the yeah, same. You, it's the same. Out, it's the same outcome, though, isn't it? You're no, stopping a player getting past you. Yeah, but it's, it's. I think it's different. I think. I think he was a very lucky boy to stay on the pitch. I really I think do. The, I, I, I think I, in the future that that. that could, will possibly be be a red card. Um, like I, you say, I think that was, a, that was a yellow card for me. He's okay. fortunate that he didn't get injured because you know it could could happen where, like you say, someone could get a serious knee injury off that. 
But you want VAR to be involved at some point. They don't want VAR to be involved with other bits. Yeah, but if it's but it's meant to be when the referees make a clear and obvious mistake. That was if the if the linesman if what's the point of the linesman then? Well, again, we're never in the go, world. I'm Cup. going off going off. So, I'm going off topic here. Yeah, you are. So we'll, but, go, we'll go. We'll, we'll go to Tim. No, I'm go finishing on. my point. <laughs> so going back to your previous statement, Pete. I think anything above the shin pad is classed as a dangerous tackle. Well, that's it. That's the waist. So if you're pulling someone back, your shin pad. That's higher than this. You shin no higher than you said. You said the higher than the shin pad. You're not kicking him from right. If no, you kick someone, if you did. kick someone in the chest, PJ, you'd be off. <laughs> no, what I mean, it's what I mean. He's just said higher than the shin pad. Well, with his foot, he's higher than the shin pad. With his foot, with his boot, with his boot. I'm, yeah, but I'm still about pulling people down. But Trippy didn't do that. He hacked him down. He yeah, but I'm on about Kula Bailey. But we were on about him. He just he, he didn't boot him. He just put his leg in front of him. No, he didn't. He did. He, he scissored him. He, no, he didn't scissor he, him. It was a bad tackle, and he should have been sent off. It did. He just he just dangled his leg out. Right on on after this podcast comes out, we're gonna have a Twitter vote. Was Trippy as a red card? Brilliant idea. Brilliant. Yes. Let's bang so, that on. So if you if you listen to this, we'll have a vote on probably on Wednesday morning. If 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 it was, comes back as a, if it comes back as a red card, I'm having next week off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage people to vote. We don't want the vote rigged, PJ, for getting you taken off air. The one the one person who votes for will be PJ. <laughs> <laughs> yellow, yellow card. Because he'll change his mind halfway through the week and say, oh, it's definitely a red card, that. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to watch it again now, while we? On air. But one thing, oh, one thing that, that did come out of, out of this game was um, Nick Pope's performance. He made some key... Um, saves in the game. I think he saved a couple from Harland um, and a couple of other interventions. He played well the week before for Newcastle. I think it's starting to put a real indication of the England goalkeeper situation. Um, Will, do so you know a bit more about Nick Pope than most of us because of being a Burnley fan? You want to yeah, I, I was just going to say that. You know, I, I've been banging the drum about Nick Pope for a good four or five years now. Um, and and it, it, Mr. Sato has had it again, but since 2018-19, Nick Pope's got the third highest clean sheets behind Edison and Allison. Now, for a keeper, for majority of that time, that's been at a club like Burnley. That is an impressive start. I mean, I really rate him as a goalkeeper. But I think I think England are in a situation now where they've got four good goalkeepers. Um, yeah, I agree. Where you could argue probably two or three years ago we only had one. Um, you, you've got. You've got Henderson at Nottingham Forest, who's playing quite well. Ramsdale's having a superb start to the season at Arsenal. Um, yeah. He really is. Nick Pope at Newcastle and Pickford, arguably out of the, out of the forum, is actually playing the worst football. Well, um, to be honest with you, over the past kind of 18 months or so, I think Pickford has been the worst out, out, out of them anyway. But his performances for England, you know, he hasn't let them down. And I think Southgate, you know, is... It is quite loyal to the players that perform well at international level. Um, if if it went off club form, then then yeah, you know, you number one, you know, would have been Pope or, or, or Ramsdale. But going to the goalies, uh, I I agree with what um, I think it should be on where the clubs are. So if the clubs are lower in the league, 
their confidence is going to be as high, is it? Because they keep conceding loads of goals. No, it's not just a keeper because you've got your defence midfielders, attackers. But I don't know. I don't know. I've never been a keeper. Well, I've played in net the odd time. But if I think if your team's doing well, you're going to have more confidence. So Which like one? Everton. I, th- I think it's a different. It's a different type of being a goalkeeper. To be fair, because. Being an England goalkeeper, the likelihood is you're not going to touch the ball very often. No. So you need a keeper that's got good concentration levels. Where some, I think that's something that lets Pickford down a little bit. I think his concentration goes. I think, um, I think, I think Nick Pope is always in action in the action because he's he's, a, he's playing for weaker sides. Um, so yeah, I think Everton were near the bottom of the league all the way. No, but, Pick, but Pickford's played for England quite a few times, hasn't he? So he's used to playing with with not much to do. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough one really for for um, for, the, for Southgate to pick a pick a keeper. Yeah, I was just going to say that I know Everton were right down there uh, last season, but when it mattered, Pickford did do the business. He pulled it out. But the one thing that separates. Depends how you think about it, because obviously Southgate likes a keeper with good distribution and, and can play the ball quick to feet. And, and Pickford can do that. He's really good at distributing. But Pope, on the other hand, isn't as good as that. But I think Pope is probably the best shot stopper out the lot of them. He's bigger as well, so he's harder to beat. Uh, but for me, you know, number one, I want my goalkeeper to, to do what his job is, to keep the ball out the net. Yeah, I think I think Ramsdale's probably the hybrid out of the, out of the two of them. Um I actually, I think Ramsdale should be number one, in my opinion of it. I think he's the best out of the three of them. Um, he's done well at Arsenal this year, and he's used to playing in a team that's good, so he's not going to get as much action. I disagree. So I think Henderson hasn't had as much opportunity as all the rest, and I actually think Henderson should be number one for England. And the reason why, when he was at Sheffield United, he was amazing, and now he's at Notts Forest and he's getting... Quality game time is brilliant as well. See, for me, if, if he was still at United, I'd agree with you. The reason I don't agree with you for that is he's getting a lot of action at Forest. So he's, he's having to make a lot of saves. The reason I'm saying that is, as a goalkeeper, I think you, the, the key, the, the best goalkeepers in the world, the ones that don't do anything all game, and then suddenly Alisson and Edison come are, to life, yeah. They make a world-class save. Like uh, Alisson made a couple, for example, against Liverpool against Palace. He had nothing else to do. When they needed him, he made the save. While sometimes if you have a goalkeeper like Henderson and Pope and Pickford who are in the game all the time, it's a different kind of kettle of fish. I'll I'll, I'll just quickly disagree with what Tim's saying. That I I don't know how you can say that Henderson should be number one. He's played about ten games in about two years. I don't think he'll go to the World Cup. He, he, he won't be in the top three keepers for the World Cup. I think I think Ramsdale for me. So it's good to see that the younger brother there agrees with the older brother. And on that bombshell, I think we'll uh, we'll end the podcast that PJ and Jacko have agreed with something for the first time ever. <laughs> this, once again, this is the Warrington Football Podcast. A big thank you to Tim Tate, to Josh Wills and to PJ. This is the Warrington Football Podcast. And once again, we've shown we're more than just a rugby town. <laughs> the Warrington Football Podcast.